it really started when I started getting the concept for what Unremembered was going to be. Uh, and that starts first with, you know, famously interesting people who are mostly forgotten. And so I started a web page and started writing stories about these people. And um, and so I had I had maybe 100 stories on my web page before I started thinking about doing the book. And of course, the first thing that popped in my head was that I would do something like a bathroom book and that I would have each chapter would be a different story and there would be no connection there. It would just be, you know, one person. And, you know, maybe in the future there is a book like that. But uh, I had so enjoyed writing narrative history and the Columbia book, my first book about the uh, Columbia wreck. Uh, was really all that. I mean, it was 400 pages of just the narrative and, and following a timeline and the wreck and everything that happened. Uh, and then Peoria Stories was a little bit different. Now, that was a book filled with stories, but that was kind of a, an idea that was was hatched after I'd written a few magazine articles. So that was a little bit different. But I wanted to go back to writing a narrative history, and I didn't want to do just a different chapter, a different person. I wanted to see if I could connect because I, I love the way history connects to itself. And, 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 you know, there are so many levels to it and, and, you know, one thing happens and another thing might happen for a reason. And that reason happens for another reason. And so, as I started to flesh out some of these stories of people, uh, it did start to connect for me. And, you know, some are more obvious than others. Some transitions are a little more obvious uh, and, and some kind of jump along a little bit. But still, it does carry on a, a, a bit of a, a thread, as you say, or, or a connection and, and, and stories kind of intertwine. And, and so the first book was like that, but the second book was going to be the same way. Cause now we're, we're into a concept really that, that I wanted for the, the next book, but I wanted to do something a little bit different. And so while the first unremembered book was a lot about um, machines and inventions and entrepreneurs and people who are kind of nudged out of the way for maybe inventing or discovering something, but someone made it even more famous than they were. Um, those were the stories that were in the Unremember book. And there are very few recurring characters. People will recognize names here too, because yeah, you delve into lots of folks that maybe are kind of forgotten, but others like Oscar Hammerstein, um, George Bernard Shaw re reoccurs throughout the book. Isadora mm -hmm. Duncan, I think people will know that name, even though you've got a lot more in here about her. Yeah. People probably weren't aware. And her friendship um, with, uh, is it Mary Bruce or uh, Kathy Bruce? So what was Kathleen Bruce? Yes. Kathleen uh, Bruce. And, you know, the, the interesting and I think the, 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 the solid thing about the book is where it started for me. And uh, it really started with the original Peter Pan production. So that's a part of the book. Uh, and like the actresses who played Peter Pan that, that we don't know because we know mainly the musical version of right. Peter Pan. Maude Adams is one of those actresses who uh, played Peter Pan for the first time in America. And it was staged both in London and America. So um, I started doing some just some research on these forgotten actresses who played the original Peter Pan, right? The original production. And that morphed into um, James Berry 
the writer of Peter Pan who knew Kathleen Bruce. And I found out that Kathleen Bruce was good friends with Isadora Duncan. And of course that name popped in and I didn't know a whole lot about Isadora. Uh, I, I, I knew the name, but I didn't quite know her full story and her story is, is fascinating. And, oh yeah. And, and if, yeah. And so, and so then it, that the, the friendship thing started. And, and so I'm, I'm kind of telling a story through these two women really uh and they're and obviously the connection that barry has to a, a a theater manager at the time who still is considered today one of the most influential theater impress uh, impresarios uh of all time in broadway and that's charles froman and I don't think anyone really, you know, recognizes that name. But yet back in the early part of the 20th century, he was a huge name in both London and New York. So um, all these stories kind of gelled together. And then, uh, you know, some of these stories carry over into that time around the war and and how it affected them and how decisions were made that affected, you know, their lives. So. And, you know, Ken, I have not uh, read all of it yet, but I've, I've certainly got into it. And one of the things I find that's fascinating is you're going to learn all these little side things, uh, what was going on at that time. Because, mm-hmm. for instance, that Rodin's statues that he sent to the Chicago Exposition, which mm-hmm, was, what, right. uh, 1893, he sent five. You know, this is Rodin, the great, the great sculptor. I think it only showed two because they uh, they were naked. The people were naked, and I guess that was just not not done. So they covered them up or whatever. Yeah, it was. invite. Yeah, they it were invite. concealed. They, it, but you yeah. know, by concealment, it's almost as if they gained more power. More people yeah. wanted to see Ooh, the concealed what's under ones there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Well, Rodin wasn't very well known here in America yet at that point. You know, he was big in Europe, but not here. And uh, uh, another interesting sideline to that was the one of the persons who who uh, bought one of the statues is a guy who's credited with the uh, L train in Chicago, uh, Yerkes. And uh, he bought one of those Rodin statues. You know, of course, not ever. you know, he was rich enough to do that. I tell you what, uh, Ken, tell us a little bit about What's coming up next year? I know you don't want to get into the subject matter, but History Channel. Yeah, um, they had just done a Google search, really, on a, a subject that they were planning to do a show about. And they came across a story that I wrote several years ago, and they really liked it. It was just a short article story that I wrote for the the web page. It was really just written for me and anyone who might, you know, catch it. And they uh, contacted me, and uh, the next day we had a, a Zoom meeting, and then about uh, a week and a half later, they flew me out to New York, and we did the taping. It was about three hours, and it's going to air. And I can't tell you much about it because I'm not sure how they're going to frame it. Uh, it. It is a part of the Built America series. My episode uh, where I'm I'm featured is going to air at some point between February and June. I think they're they're doing like 22 episodes. I'll be in one. Well, that's something to look forward to next year. Ken, um, one last thing. What's your next project? You got one in mind or is that still working on? Well, now we have a series uh, with this Unremembered. And um, I like so much how this one came out and how it was a little bit different. You know, the Unremembered whole idea here could go so many places. I mean, you could do an Unremembered War, uh, you know, soldiers and, uh, you know, uh, or you could do Unremembered Sports. I mean, there's so many categories that you could fill this with. 
a lot of ideas. Uh, nothing really has hit yet. 